Thomas, 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 Thomas. Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. <laughs> now, I know you're a, a romantic and all that. When's the last time you, Thomas Kent, looked at the moon? You know, <laughs> I am a hopeless romantic. I am the guy that cried at the end of La La Land. Ugh. Yeah, I love that movie. Did you ever get around to seeing it? No, there's no way I was going to watch a bunch of people uh, dancing and singing. And It was so good. Forget that. When is the last time you gazed up at that beautiful moon? Well, it was late one evening. I think it was July 1969. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> now, the only reason I, I mentioned July 1969, can you imagine if we were born back then just being a, a little child looking up at the moon, knowing that men Man. were walking on the base of the moon. And now I hear that we're going to go back. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, the last time I looked at the moon, maybe intimately, you know, I love a good harvest moon. Right. That's always so brilliant to me. I, I do take time to appreciate the, the, these wonderful, beautiful things in life because how much longer are we going to be around? The reason I bring it up is NASA did a new study and they found that the moon is shrinking shrinking it's shrinking as its interior cools look they're explaining it like this climate it, change on the moon it gets up there baby look just as a grape wrinkles down to a raisin the moon got wrinkles as it shrinks not a lot and this is going to be don't get your panties in a twist it's only shrunk 150 feet in the last 100 million years oh well okay <laughs> all right hello well you know speaking of getting my panties in a twist you're, you're yeah. talking about things shrinking into a raisin right Did i tell you i slept with the windows open last night and i got it incredibly cold <laughs> do you know what happens to a guy especially with his panties <laughs> when right. that happens that's right shrinkage pal like space is cold so i guess there is you love shrinkage. shrinkage don't you you live in the world of shrinkage of course you are pre-shrunk you're like those jeans that came pre-shrunk <laughs> it was the way you came out hey is this a girl or is it a boy we don't know we can't find a penis all right mr renaissance i told you my story about no nah, never mind I, Go ahead. did Let's i never it. tell you my member story no no i'm not gonna tell all you right. story well i want to know how they knew that it shrunk since 100 million years ago. How did they measure it 100 million? Was Larry King doing astronomy work back then? <laughs> you just can't give up those Larry King jokes. That reminds me, we got to do that contest again, dead or alive. We could put Larry King in there because, you know, sometimes I'm not sure. <laughs> well, look, not many people are listening right now, are there? I'm sure my wife's not listening, but let me tell you something. The wife bent over the other day. Let me tell you, pal, the moon's not definitely shrinking in that one. Oh, no. You're you're so in trouble, my friend. She's going to have you sleeping out with the tomatoes that you pee on every day. <laughs> they say that, now let's get back to NASA. They say the reason this is a problem is that the difference between a grape is the moon doesn't have the flexibility of a grape. Instead of being, it's brittle. When the surface cracks, it results in thrust faults and moonquakes. You ever see one of those moonquakes? No. no. So that's what they I bet got. it's a dusty damn thing. Here's what I say. I say you get five missiles, you fill them with Viagra, and you shoot it at the moon. Nice. Nope. Or you could put Trump, could put a casino and a uh, golf course up there and make it great again. MMGA, make moon great again. Make moon great again. Yeah. How about that? Mm. If it involves a red hat, I would say I'm out. How will this affect the tides? 
The tides? Yeah, you know, the, the tides go in and out on the, on the moon, right? Yeah, I, I know that uh, when that happens, I get incredibly romantic and I want to watch that <laughs> famous rom-com, Prince of Tides. I know, I think this is a big nothing because the weatherman can't get it right two days out, but now we know the climate of the weather and stuff hundreds of millions of years ago. Come on, you tell you kidding me? You know, it's funny you should say that because I got a call from my buddy Mike Seidel last yep. night. Oh, the and, weather guy. Yeah, he loves talking weather. As you might imagine, it's this whole world, right? Right. He's a good friend of mine, and invariably, the conversation gets into the weather. And the thing that amazes me is he not only has weather forecast, you know, he knows what's coming up, but he can say, okay, you live in this part of the country, this is what it was like back in February. Wow. I mean, right down to the average daily temperature, and, you know, he doesn't even have, like, Google in front of him, right? Yeah. That's crazy, right? Crazy. So uh, the moon is changing. Yeah, shrinking. 150 feet every 100 million years. My moon's not shrinking, that's for sure. <laughs> or the wife's. Tom and Mike. I'm going to give you time to put on your robe because I need a Judge Kent ruling. You ready to put on your robe or can you do it sans robe? Well, is it okay if I have coffee in the courtroom here? Cause <laughs> yes, I am, you can. I am sipping on some Java right now. All right, Judge. And it Kent. is so delicious. Well, we got a coffee story a little later. All right, here we go. There's a couple that get married are getting married. They've been married before previously. He has a 16-year-old son. She has a 15-year-old daughter. They've been thinking about this wedding for a year. They've been planning it. One week before the wedding, the 15-year-old girl comes home. And, well, I also should tell you that the families moved in together about three months ago to start their blended family a little bit early. You know, it's modern time. People can do that. They've been going out for a while. One week before the wedding, the 15-year-old tells the mother she's pregnant. Guess who the father is? No clue. The 16-year-old son. Oh. Where do you come up with these stories? <laughs> Here's the problem. The woman went on Facebook and asked strangers and friends whether they should still get married. And that's what I need Judge Kent to make a ruling. Should they get married knowing now that the 16-year-old son impregnated the 15-year-old daughter. They're not related, but they're step, you know, whatevers. Should the marriage go on? Yes. Because? Because they're not related. <laughs> I say double wedding, so romantic with shotgun at the ready. I say you might be <laughs> onto something. So you're in agreement with me. Well, I think maybe they should postpone it and figure out what's going to happen. Or maybe they should have Jerry Springer marry both of them. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> and when the kid comes out, we'll refer to his dad as Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy. When I read the story, I heard dueling banjos in the background. Did Ned Beatty appear <laughs> in in your uh, in your thoughts, this, saying saying those infamous words? Look, squeal, this, squeal. That squeal. was the word. Yes, yeah, squeal. This is the Brady Bunch hillbilly edition. Okay. <laughs> You amuse yourself, though. Well, you? no, I just, I don't know. These stories, I mean, it just makes you feel how lucky you are in life that you don't have to put up with these stories. Although, this is a financial uh, situation. It turns out now the dad, the father, the real father, could have his own office and the kids can share a bedroom, right? That is so sick. <laughs> Sounds like one big happy family to me. Yeah, whatever makes a family. I don't know. It yeah, is a, I don't know either. It's a strange world, isn't it? It's a strange world so after Judge, all. So Judge Kent is saying, continue on with the wedding. Yes. Ooh, there's going to be a lot of people talking at that wedding, aren't they? 
Oh, no doubt. No doubt. A lot of whispering going on. Hey, look, look over there. Look over there. He's going to be a dad. You know, there's a lot of whispering going on about our podcast. Really? Yeah. People are talking about it. That's what I hear. You know why I know people are talking about it? Because you're talking about it. That's right. And the address is whatsthisworldcomingto.com. Tom and Mike. There's a man that weighs 900 pounds, and he's going to have to be cut out of his mobile home on judge's orders (laughs) so he can attend a court hearing to face cocaine conspiracy charges. At 900 pounds, that home better be very mobile. You know what I'm saying? Now, I got to ask you something. Yeah. They get the trailer, okay, pulled apart. That seems like the easy part, right? Right. But if the guy's not mobile at all, I mean... Well, what do you, you bring a crane in? <laughs> the plan to get him out is they will involve cutting through a wall of his mobile home. No, bracing, I got all that. But no, bracing I mean, the structure. how do you actually, you know, get the guy somewhat mobile if he can't walk? You're talking a ton. I'm serious. What I mean, do you bring in a crane? Here's what I say. This is in the 1930s. Set up a video system, right? Why does he have to go to court? His whole life is a prison, isn't it really? I mean, and and what kind of vehicle is going to transport him? (laughs) Or just strap an ankle bracelet using a (laughs) full-size man's belt and call it a day, right? (laughs) Were they afraid this guy's going to do- I don't think a full-size man belt's going to work around that big ass leg. (laughs) Were they afraid the guy's going to do a runner? Come on. Yeah. I mean, how big is that leg anyway? (laughs) You know? I mean, okay, so your belt can go up to like 40 inches. If you weigh a ton, how big's your leg? Honestly. That is that is one huge ham hock right there. What about his poor cellmate when he gets in jail? Oh, the horror. <laughs> hey, your mind just runs fancy free with that thought, doesn't it? I'd sentence this guy to Weight Watchers, right? Weight Watchers? Yeah. <laughs> it might be a little late for Look, that. Look, you know you're letting yourself get too big when your sweatpants are too tight. You ever have a pair of sweatpants that get Can too tight? Can you imagine tight? this guy ever dieting seriously? He's counting calories. <laughs> <laughs> And whoever's been carrying that guy in 50 pounds of food every day, that has to be accomplished, right? Right. <laughs> 10 cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke. Just build a three-foot wall around his mobile home. He'll never escape, right? That's right. <laughs> oh. Well, Come let on. me ask you something. I want a true answer. When you see a really fat person, does your first impression, you feel sorry for him? Or, come on, have some discipline in your life, pal. I'm trying to be more empathetic with everything because my level of tolerance has gone way down in areas like politics, right? Right. So my area of empathy is going up for people in their personal situations. They could have a hormone problem. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what their story is. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I guess you're right. We got to be more compassionate in this country, don't you think? Yes. And it starts with you. Thanks for putting the big load on me. Hey, I can't carry that. All right. All right. I'm not big enough. All right. Tom and Mike. So here we have this couple. The man's 70, his wife's 72. They live in Oklahoma. They decide to take a road trip. They're going to Arizona. Road trip. They get to Texas and the wife dies in the motel room, but the man decided to continue with the road trip. So he puts the wife in the car, buckles her up and takes off. The only reason they got, he got caught is they stop at a Carl's Jr. franchise and he gets a burger and the drive-through guy notices that the wife's got a blanket over and doesn't look right. And the driver is only wearing underpants. (laughs) So they call the cops. The cops come, and when the cop notices the woman who was appeared to be dead buckled into the car, the man reportedly claimed his wife died in the motel room, and he just wanted to continue on with the road trip. You buying it? That sounds like that movie, Little Miss Sunshine. 
Did you ever see that? <laughs> I guess, but what do you mean you guess? No, no, no. I saw it. I saw it. Okay. You know, they put grandpa in the back of the van and they just kept on going, right? I, I, like I would imagine that might be more common than you might think, right? I like his don't quit attitude. A lot of initiative right there. Yeah. Plus, he's living his dream, able to ride in a carpool lane now. Yeah. And she gets to, well, not exactly live out her bucket list, but <laughs> she kind of gets to complete it, right? And he got to finally listen to the radio station he liked, right? That's right. And he's listening to Tom and Mike in that wonderful podcast. <laughs> what is the address? What's this world coming to.com? You know, the 20 pine tree air fresheners hanging from his rear view winner, that was a dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Now, look, before you pull at your heartstrings about this guy doing this, the man and his wife were in the middle of a divorce, and she had sought a protection order against him earlier in the year. He was charged so far with abandonment or concealment of a body, even though the body was neither concealed or abandoned. Now, right now he's in jail, but there's been no charges until the autopsy is done. Oh, so this guy might be suspected of... Uh, yes. Uh, and I bet the wife was still giving direction. From the great from beyond. The, from the... Was Rod Serling in the back seat? At least he shows some compassion. He had her buckled into his her seatbelt, right? She's not going to go through the windshield. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Safety first. Poor women never got to see the Grand Canyon. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Road trip with Vincent Larry. Tom and Mike. This company, a Seattle marketing communication firm, did this big study when they wanted to find out how many people got stoned at their job. And they surveyed 4,000 different employees across the country. And guess what percentage of people admitted to being stoned at work? Uh, let's go with a third? 15%. 38% wanted to increase productivity. 36% they did it to pass the time. 29% said to cope with the job. 22% to cope with the coworker. And 21% admitted their job needed a little focus and they were bored. Now, this is a little surprising. They give you the top six industries or jobs where people got high the most. Which one do you think was number one? What industry where the workers got high the most at work? Garbage collector? <laughs> no, hotel, food, and hospitality. Really? Yeah, that makes sense in a way. It's not like really mental work. So that big cart that uh, <laughs> the maid is pushing down the hallway, it could be full of drugs. Here's a number two, construction. I don't like that. Yeah, number not good to be operating one of those big machines when you're stoned. Number three, arts. <laughs> art. Unless you're excavating stone, I guess. Number three, arts and entertainment. Number okay, four. that makes total sense. Yep. You know, Josh Rogan made a statement recently. He said he's, you know who I'm talking about. The yeah. Actor. He says he's never been in a movie without being stoned. And my question is, how the heck can you remember your lines, right? Well, here's the key. If you don't want people to know that you're stoned, they'll never let them see him when you're not. Right. I mean, he's so much fun. He's so bizarre all the time. Every time you see him either on a TV show or in a movie or whatever. Right. He must really be depressing when he's straight. It's really hard to imagine how some people can not be affected like that. You know, Snoop Dogg smokes all the time. Willie Nelson smokes all the time. Josh, is that his name? It's not, it's not, it's not Josh Groban. Yeah, it's Josh Groban. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Why? Okay. What, what did you think? I thought, it was, I thought he was a singer, Josh Groban. Yeah, come to think of it. <laughs> you're right. I'm thinking Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, Josh Groban. I still don't know why pot's considered illegal in so many states still. When you smoke it, the only thing you're a threat to is what? Chocolate, right? Here's a job you don't want to be a pothead. Working mm -hmm. at a snack factory, 
or a chocolate factory. How about a window washer? Yeah, that, yeah that wouldn't be good. <laughs> or how about if you're actually a Blue Jay working in a cracker factory? <laughs> you know, I had this ingenious friend. I still have him, but I don't see him that much. Tom anymore. Kent? No, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, this friend of mine about 20 years ago got into some trouble. He's a Porsche collector and also he worked on them. He would get old Porsches, fix them up and sell them and make a huge profit. And what he was doing is he had a friend in Georgia. He would go down and get these cars, bring them back. And it was something illegal. You couldn't cross state lines without having the proper certificate of ownership, things like that. So he got sent to prison. Well, it was actually a prison. It was a county jail. And he did about six months in there. And at that time, you could still smoke in jail. And he had a corn cob pipe, you know, because it was a minimum security. It wasn't a hard crime. They could smoke in jail and they could, you know, it was a little bit laxed. He got pot brought in there and he wanted to smoke pot in jail. You just couldn't do it. Had a corn cob pipe. And ingeniously, he put two sections in the corn cob pipe. One section had tobacco, one section had marijuana. So he would light it, start off smoking the tobacco, get the tobacco air. Then he would put out that section inside the corn cob pipe. And then he would smoke the marijuana, take a couple hits, and then go back to the tobacco. Isn't that something? I think that's a habit I'd want to give up just based on the fact you know how that was smuggled in, you know. <laughs> I don't want to smoke anything coming out of somebody. I think that's great, though, that he was able to do that. You yeah. Know? Ingenious. Tom and Mike. We were talking about coffee. You love coffee. This, you're the perfect guy to ask this about because you love coffee and you have a little pocket change all the time, right? Am I right about that? What do you, you mean pocket change? Well, you're, you're a little bit wealthier than the most average guy, right? Uh, I, okay. Well, let's just say for the sake of argument, you have some bucks. And you love you love your coffee, right? Right. Would you be willing to pay $75 for a single cup of coffee? No. Well, there's a coffee shop in San Francisco. Is it that coffee that comes out of monkeys behind? <laughs> yes, I think. Listen, yeah, that stuff's like $200 a pound. Well, they went to a coffee auction and bought 10 pounds of Panama green at a coffee auction. They're now selling it at $75 a cup for a single cup. And after a half hour you drink it, you got the most expensive urine in the world. You know, I've always said I'll do anything once, right. <laughs> but to pay $75 for, you know, I've paid that much and more for a glass of wine. That's right. Or a bottle, but at least you get a whole bottle, right? I've paid a lot of money for a glass of wine. I mean, you, uh, we don't want to go there. People are going to think I'm, I'm really, you know, spoiled and a fifi. Uh, right. I don't want to come off as that. You know? Well, I'm not. And I, that cup of Joe better have include a steak dinner and a hot blunt it puts out for that kind of money, right? Hello, absolutely. <laughs> no, I wouldn't pay that for a cup no, this, of coffee. This, but I do love my coffee. This is called Panama Green. And it originally came from Ethiopia. And the reviews say it has a great taste and packs a punch. Well, a better pack a punch for 75 bucks. And the cup better be really, really huge, right? Right. So this isn't that coffee that comes out of the monkey's behind? It, 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 come, it might come out of a bird. The Tuki Tuki coffee bird? <laughs> I'd stick with Folgers coffee drums at Walmart for $9, which makes 200 cups of coffee. That's just me. Just a little hot water, a little <laughs> spoon. You're good to go, right? Tell you the truth, I don't think my bowels could take a $75 cup of coffee. Mm. Hey, if it promised eternal <laughs> pooping, I might go for that. You know, when you go to countries over in Europe, like we've been to Turkey and other places, they drink this coffee. It's about the size of a thimble. And it's so strong that even at that little size, you get a buzz off it. That's in one of those little demi cups that when you're drinking it, your little pinky goes up in the air, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. To show off my pinky ring. I know. I lost 
all respect for Rudy Giuliani, not just because he talks these days, but because he wears a pinky ring. No man should wear a pinky ring. Rudy Giuliani wears a pinky ring? Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. is too weird. <laughs> too weird. Now, this coffee should be pointed out. It's hand-picked by Virgin Maiden, so that helps, doesn't it? Virgin Maidens, that's exactly what I'm looking for in a cup of coffee. <laughs> in this life and the afterlife. Right. There's at least 75 of them, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. I could just see somebody going into this place with that coffee. Would you like a muffin with that coffee, sir? No, I only got $100. I can't afford anything <laughs> else. Oh, well. Tom and Mike.